creating a space where everyone feels welcome. For me, that was in geography and that was something I didn't really experience in undergrad. So having a place where like, even though I don't have a geography background, I can still feel welcomed and I can still like participate in conversations was super important to me. Um, and also just going off of that sort of, for me, it was like a fake it till you make it kind of situation. Cause a lot of the things I was learning the past few months when I was in my courses and people had been studying that for four years. So it, for me, it was just about being confident in myself as a learner. Um, so I definitely recommend not being intimidated by other people and other students because they're learning just like you are and they can learn something from you. Welcome to Urban Limitrophe, a Toronto-based podcast exploring the global African experience by highlighting the various initiatives happening in cities across the African continent and occasionally the diaspora to creatively solve problems, support communities, create vibrant urban spaces, and build better cities overall. I'm your host, Alexandra, and join me as I explore this episode's topic. This episode is sponsored by the University of Toronto School of Cities. The School of Cities convenes urban-focused researchers, educators, students, practitioners, and the general public to explore and address complex urban challenges with the aim of making cities and urban regions more sustainable, prosperous, inclusive, and just. To learn more about their work, visit schoolofcities.utoronto.ca. This episode is also co-sponsored by the University of Toronto's Department of Geography and Planning. To learn more about their work and the different undergraduate and graduate programs available, please visit geography.utoronto.ca. Happy Black History Month and Happy Black Futures Month. It's the shortest month of the year, but it's also a month full of unbridled, unabashed, uncontainable pride and joy for all the achievements, both big and small, that Black people have made, are making, and continue to make every single day. To close off Black History Month, we're looking towards the future and focusing on Black excellence and joy and celebrating some of the interesting work and perspectives that my fellow classmates in the department are doing in their respective fields of human geography, physical geography, and urban planning. A few days ago, I met with five PhD and master's students, each at different stages in their academic and professional careers. Some of my guests are born and bred Torontonians, and the rest come from different parts of Ontario and the rest of the world as international students. But each of my guests all have a unique skill set, background, and approach to their field. So this was a great opportunity to meet them and to talk about how they got into the field, why they chose U of T, what they think needs to be done to get more Black people and other diverse voices in the field of geography and planning, and most importantly, offer up some advice for other aspiring geographers and planners looking to study in this field. This special episode of Urban Limitrophe is brought to you in collaboration with the Graduate Geography and Planning Student Society, also known as GAPS. GAPS is one of the University of Toronto's graduate course unions that represents all full-time and part-time graduate students in the Department of Geography and Planning. Throughout the academic year, GAPS coordinates social and academic events for students. They also help to manage graduate lounge and study spaces at Sydney Smith Hall and work on a range of academic and equity initiatives on behalf of the tri-campus graduate student body. So without further ado, let's tune into my conversation with Roxana, Bola, Brianna, Priscilla, and Jane. 
My name is Roxana Escobar Añanez. I'm from Peru. I'm an international student at the Department of Geography and Planning. I'm doing a PhD in human geography. And my research interests are Black geographies, Black women's geographies, particularly Afro Latin American geographies, which is like a term that I'm still playing around. Feminist colonial geographies, particularly feminist colonial Latinx geographies. I will say, like in general, the history of the African diaspora in the Latin American region. That's so fascinating, and <laughs> I can't wait to learn more about that. And so, next on my like little squares is Jane. Do you want to share a bit about yourself? For sure, Alexandra. You've heard me do this a thousand times, but I'll do it again. Um, I'm a first-year student in the planning program with Alex, and my research interests are currently in broad strokes. They change every day, but my background is in art history and urban studies. I did my undergrad at McGill, and I hope to do research. Like I hope moving forward to like to do my research at the intersection of those two. I'm interested in how like different histories are told through space and how some histories are built into the urban fabric of a city and how some are erased. In our current moment, I hope to center my research around monuments and other types of public commemorations. And like, given the like recent uptick of backlash against like colonial narratives told through most monuments, I'm curious about like what representative built heritage can and will look like and like how pluralistic histories are represented and can be represented through a city's built heritage. So yeah, that's my two cents. I think this is the most comprehensive, <laughs> I think, introduction I've had from you from the men we've had since like our first Because every single time I say something different, but it's all, it's all there. <laughs> it's great. And so next is Bola. You want to introduce yourself? So I'm Bola Osinusi. I'm a third year uh, candidate, PhD candidate in the planning program. So my interests are really center around urban agriculture development and kind of its role in climate resiliency in cities of the global south. Specifically, I'm looking at Lagos, Nigeria, where my family is from. Um, so I'm kind of looking at like the political and socioeconomic feasibilities of implementing household organic waste segregation programs and how that can contribute to making urban agriculture development more um, sustainable, I guess, and for food security and improving food security for the urban poor specifically, and how that kind of uh, can also contribute to climate resiliency in these communities. Yeah, that's a really interesting intersection. First of all, I just love food in general. (laughs) (laughs) But I think that particular lens of like food within the city and how that affects so many different lives and then bringing in sustainability is really, really fascinating. So, and Brianna, what about you? Hi, everyone. My name is Brianna, and I'm a first-year master's student in physical geography. My research is under the supervision of Dr. Laura Brown. And so since I'm in my first year, I'm very new still in my research, but I'm looking into changing lake ice and snow in the high Canadian Arctic, um, essentially using ground-based cameras for monitoring. And I'm hoping to quantify snow and ice this way so that it can be used in long-term research in a nutshell. Super cool. And I have to say, like, your photo of you, like, in the ice or somewhere out, looks like the north, was, like, the coolest thing I ever saw. I was like, how do I get there? How do I do you what you do? That's very cool. Um, and next, Priscilla. Hi, everyone. I'm Priscilla, and 
I'm a Ghanaian and a second year Master of Science planning student. Uh, I'm very passionate about making positive impact uh, through creating safe, livable, and healthy communities. Uh, my research interests uh, include land use planning, uh, community-centered development, community engagement, um, also anti-Black and systemic racism and sustainable infrastructure development. Um, my work really focuses on the intersection between urban planning scholarship practice and systemic racism. Yeah, very important topic. And I know you're doing some really cool research, so we'll try and talk about that a bit after as well. But yeah, thank you all for introducing yourself. And so my first question is kind of like a two-parter, which is how did you get in first interested in like geography or planning or just the, both? Because I know that it's not the most, I'd say like accessible a field and that if you don't really kind of like know someone in it or that you weren't really exposed to it, you don't really know about it. And then the flip part of that is what change do you want to see to get more like black people in other diverse perspectives in your respected fields and departments? And so Brianna, do you want to start us off? Sure. Okay. That is a heavy. Okay. For the, for, to, the, for, to answer the first part of the question, how did I get into geography? Um, my undergrad degree was actually in environmental biology, so it was very different. But I took a third year geography course about the Arctic and Arctic environments. And so my supervisor was actually a guest lecturer there. So that was how I was more intrigued. Like I found out what I wanted to be doing for my master's research um, was through this one third year geography course. Um, in terms of what changes, can you repeat the second question? Yeah, like basically what changes do you, do you want to see in your respective fields? Um, so uh, in, in geography to get more diverse voices and get more like black people in this sector. Definitely. Okay. Thank you. Um, in terms of what I would want to see, my biggest change is like I would want to see more more places where we can have personal stories being shared and being able to share our experiences and build community, build connections. So that's why I think this podcast was like a great opportunity to meet you guys and meet new people. Um, because I think from what I've seen virtually online, like the department's doing a good job of supporting black students with scholarships and like reaching out in that way. But in terms of having connections within our own community, I think that that's something that's missing. It's a really good point, that aspect of community and bringing people together. And honestly, that's why I was really excited about this. I've been like fangirling over all of your um, profiles and being like, oh, how should you do that? How should, and how come I haven't seen you in the hallways yet? Well, COVID, obviously, but you know what I mean? <laughs> Seeing more of you all and I'm excited that you're here. Yeah, does anyone else? I mean, who would like to say something else about that? Uh, no, yeah, I totally agree. Um, I think obviously COVID has been difficult, but it's been um great to at least see other faces and I think uh, in, a, in a field that many people may not really know about in our community so it's I think it's a great way to kind of get more exposure that that way I'd like to see kind of more like continued growth for black courses and um, black faculty mm -hmm. because I think it's so important just to see representation in higher positions in this kind of field um, personally I came in from a rather unconventional role my background is in um my master's and my undergrad were both in public health and environmental public health. So I knew that I kind of wanted to go into a practical field. Um, I've always had an interest in geography, but never knew it was something, or geography and planning, but I never knew it was something I could really 
pursue in that way and didn't know how my interest kind of aligned, but kind of coming into the program of seeing there's a really actually extreme depth in the profession of um, geography and planning. So that I, it was interesting to see I could kind of mold my interests into the planning department, even though I didn't have necessarily the strongest planning background. So it's, again, just really interesting to see how other people, you know, we all kind of will have the same degree on paper, but all our interests are really very different. So that's what I really like about it. Yeah, I think I really agree with Ola. Uh, Overall, I think the department is doing very well in providing us with scholarships. But I think the other change we would like to see is that they hire more of Black faculty members, Mm -hmm. something that is very important. And I think the other has to do with... uh, more of the Black histories, theories, and courses be included in the planning geographic curriculum. And yeah. I think the last has to do with, um, for example, with the Black planning workshop programs, uh, what we do, uh, I was thinking maybe they can include more Black community-related programs or initiatives where we focus on some Black communities for students of color and uh, white students to understand uh, some of the lived experiences and what is happening in Black communities. I think mm-hmm. it's really important to bring about the change. And uh, how did you, Priscilla, get into this? Like what exposed you to the field of planning? Yeah, I think that's an interesting question, Alex. <laughs> um, okay, so as I already said, I uh, my interest in planning began after secondary school when I witnessed the flooding incident uh, within like marginalized communities in my metropolis. And Mm -hmm. so upon reflecting on this disaster, I realized that most of these communities were marginalized. They were not properly planned and they lacked so many infrastructure and community facilities. And so I then decided to explore what can be some of the solutions that can address some of these issues. And so that led me to pursue human settlement planning. urban planning as we call it here back home in my university that was the only program it's called human settlement planning and it's at i offered it at the Kwame Nkrumah university of science and technology and so that really exposed me to a lot of skills and uh, policies and how to tackle some of these issues within the communities and coming here i think it has really helped me further understand some of the issues that black communities face even though the context is different back home, but almost the same issues affecting Black communities here, looking at environmental racism and all the other racism and systemic issues that happen in Black communities. I think it's up for us as planners to contribute and amplify our voices to make it known and find ways to contribute to solve these issues. So I think that's how my interest started. It's fascinating. Just the idea that... um... Yeah, well, I guess that's kind of a, a good catalyst for, for a lot of people seeing like what's happening in your direct community or communities adjacent to yours and seeing what can you do and how does and how you can bring in your experience and uh, and trying to find a field that, yeah, where you can kind of see that tangible change. Although I guess tangible isn't really the, <laughs> depending what like aspect you're taking yeah. of planning or geography, you might see these uh, changes happen further along the road, but at least, you know, you're making little steps <laughs> towards trying to get yeah. there. Yeah. <laughs> Every little step matters. <laughs> I kind of wanted to add on to what Priscilla was saying, like the first part of your answer, Priscilla, mm-hmm. in terms of like, the, I don't know, 
Alexandra, I've talked, I've talked a lot about this, but like some changes I kind of want to see in the department, especially given specifically, this is like so, somewhat specific to planning. Um, a lot of, a lot, if not all the planning professors are, are white people. I almost said black, but none of them are black. They're all white people. <laughs> and I kind of want to see them tackling like the colonial legacy that planning has and how like planning has been so complacent in the destruction of like black communities in Canada specifically. Mm-hmm. And I really feel that this is like broadly touched on, but not really interrogated with it all. Like I feel like in order to support black students and like black futures in planning, they need to tackle the history, like and make sure that it's not repeated. And they also need to teach this history, but not put the onus on black people to make sure that it's not repeated or to teach it mm-hmm. or to talk about it. Like that's just like the one year that I've been in this program. That's what I feel mm-hmm. needs to be changed. And like, I've really made this point to death, not to you guys, but to Alex and to like every, anyone who will listen at this point. But I don't know. Learning to share the burden, I guess, is mm-hmm. what I'm saying. That's a good point. And I think the use of the word burden is really a good one, <laughs> especially when you're putting it, if you put the onus on, black people to yeah kind of like teach people other people about histories that's a lot of pressure and it's a lot of first of all it's not right but second of all it's a lot of pressure and already from this zoom call alone you can see the variety of experiences we've had from the different countries we're from or communities we're connected to are so various there's not even one person who could say everything about everything so yeah but then um my other point, question to you, Jane, is how did you get into this field? Why, why planning? I don't really know. Like, I remember learning what planning was in grade 12, my world issues class. Anyone Same. Probably Same. familiar with that. <laughs> yeah. um, and I was just like, oh, I didn't even know this was a field. And then I went to McGill and I majored in geography. And then I like transitioned into the, into the urban studies program. And I was like, wow, this is so interesting. I'm like so interested in how people are like so engaged in their community that they like form these neighborhoods, they they form these coalitions and all of this and they organize and sustain to make change. And it's like, as much as it seems top down, it really is bottom up. And like, that's where my interests kind of lie. Like how can community organization become a master's degree? (laughs) That's what I'm figuring out. Yeah. Basically, yeah, I like that F, the emphasis on the grassroots and how often yeah, the communities are the ones really taking, like you don't see it, but like when you really look at the patterns, they're really kind of taking the lead and, and changing things for the better. Like I'm in a social planning class right now and we just had a guest lecturer and he like is a community organizer from North York and he was like, oh, I'm like so in awe of all of you doing master's degree. And I was like, no, I'm in awe of you because you're the person like every day actually like helping people and like change making change in the community and like making the community and the neighborhood safer to like live for the people there so that's kind of like what inspired me to go mm-hmm. to get to this point yeah your aha moment and Rixana, what about you how did you get into this field and also what changes do you want to see to get more black people and more diverse voices into into your field well i i always work in education like back in Dima, I was I was teaching at university level, and I had a background in in philosophy, but like mostly philosophy of education. So I came to do a master's here, 
at OEC in social justice education. And when I was like working towards my thesis, I remember saying like in a community setting back in Lima, I remember saying something like, one of the difficulties of like Afro-Peruvian people in general is that like we don't have any territorial rights. So it's kind of difficult to like really tackle down or like where to start the work, what like public policies and public policies in education. And one of my friends who was there, like he looked at me and was like, yeah, but we don't live in the air. Like we're here, we're always been here. And that for me was it, it was like, oh, I need to better understand space because there is something here that is not adding up to the things that I've been working already, to like the policies already existing regarding Afro-Peruvian rights and, and education and, and policies in general regarding Afro-Peruvian people. So it, it was just like the puzzle that I needed to add to my own interests in order to understand what's happening, you know, like what can be done. So that's how place entered my research and that's how it makes sense for me to do like something in geography. Mm -hmm. I was actually thinking doing something in planning because that was more close to the work that I was already doing, I was working in the Ministry of Education, like it kind of makes sense to keep going into that direction. So yeah, I'm older than all of you. That's why I have all of those previous experiences. So yeah, that's how geography came into my mind. I heard a talk of a prof talking about um, Black women for Central America, in geography, so for me it was like, oh, so there's people doing this already in this department. So that's how I entered the department. And the things that I want for the department, like particularly I want more people of color in general, like geography, like human geography, and I'm guessing physical geography too. It's a place where there's not that many people of color or if there is people of color, I haven't met them yet, <laughs> like not all of them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I, at least for me, it, it becomes like a very, it's an irony of like how regional focus is being deployed in the department, because even though like we have different regions being worked out, most of the scholars are from like the States. Like there is not even like a strong, you know, like, Canadian geography being studied here at UFT, like, so it's kind of rare for me, for me, like, coming from a place where, like, regional focus is so much our thing, mm -hmm. uh, so coming here and, like, facing that not many things are being done, even within Canada, mm -hmm. or, like, if people are doing things, you know, like, having scholars doing other regions that don't really, and like not opening the doors for scholars from those regions to be studying those regions. Like for me, it's, it's so dissonant. It's difficult, it's difficult to manage. So what I will like is not just better representation, but actually resources allocated to not only bringing people from Harvard, but people from other regions and other universities with regional knowledge about the things that we want to do. 
Yeah. I think that's a good point. And I guess that's a recurring theme. I think that's the basically the purpose of this podcast is representation. <laughs> and how do you get more voices in geography? And how do you get more voices in planning? But yeah, in my, I guess, previous episode and talking with another planner, Abigail Moria, about like basically the same thing of representation and planning and how she got into, into the field as well. I think that she had told a story about a, another student who was saying that when she went to the school to go speak with them, he came up to her and said that she was like the first speaker that, they, that she's ever had that was Black. And then it just reminded me of my own first time in like 12th grade, not 12th grade, sorry, my first time in fourth year of undergrad. Uh, and like I had one week where I had two Black uh, guest speakers and it really like changed, it really rocked my world because <laughs> I was like, I can't, like, where have you been my entire life and why haven't I seen you sooner? And how can I find more of you? And even, I guess, finding all of you was kind of hard, actually, <laughs> just in terms of just <laughs> Jane knows I panic for there's a while a, there. <laughs> there's a second when Alexander's like, it's just gonna be us. It's just the two of us. And I was like, no, we have to find someone else. And I'm so happy that you did, Alexander. I'm happy that you all answered the call. <laughs> I appreciate that a lot. But yes, yes, uh, just to connect back to all the different things you said, finding um, places for community, finding places where we can all talk to another, I think is a real is really helpful and um, is already a good start, but might more, as we've all said, in different ways needs to be done. My next question for you all was, we talked already about like the changes that you'd like to see in your fields in terms of getting more people, getting more diverse, getting more black people and getting more diverse voices into it. But I wonder like, why did you choose this particular school? Why did you choose U of T for your particular program? And I only ask that because um, I think that pursuing a university degree can be quite daunting for some youth, particularly for like marginalized youth and not because they're not super talented and they don't have the skills, but there's like this feeling of like not belonging in certain schools or belonging in certain fields, belonging in certain like uh, places. And I know for me, like one of the highlights of my undergraduate like experience was really, uh, I was participating in the um, Black Student Association's high school conference uh, where there was literally like hundreds of Black teens from across the city who came down uh, to UFT for a day of workshops and activities that were led by other like Black students in undergrad and grad school and um, in various uh, fields across the school. And it was really, really fun. But the other thing that really like touched me at the end of that day was like, it was like just seeing the faces of um, these different teenagers just kind of like light up and change like from the beginning of the session where they were kind of like uneasy and a little bit nervous but to the end of it where it kind of looked like they could find a place for themselves not necessarily at the school but just like in general finding a place for themselves in whatever field they're trying to pursue or whether it's you know going into the trades whether it is going to pursue um, like a university degree and so yeah I was just wondering why did you why did you choose to come here and anyone can start. I'm sorry, Brianna, I put the like, <laughs> put you on the spot for that first one. <laughs> but yeah, anyone who wants to say can can start. I can I can I can start because like, I'm I'm getting out of this place soon, so I can I can reflect on my beginnings. Well, like I mentioned, I was already doing a a, a master's at OEC, which is like the educational the education program here at U of T, and I think. It, Part of the reasons I chose U of T was because of safety first. Mm -hmm. 
-hmm. Like I applied during the time that Trump was getting into power. Mm -hmm. So for me, like looking at other universities in the state was almost a no-no being a, a person from Latinx, like, like Latin American heritage was like a, an even bigger no-no. Mm -hmm. uh, so that says something about, you know, like how to choose safety in a particular place and like how Canada's relationship with safety to uh, play a major role for me in that moment. Mm -hmm. I know Canada is not a safe place for everyone, but at that moment, it seemed safe enough for me. Mm -hmm. and, and U of T, uh, particularly that department, was because they offered me the better scholarship. Like, I chose because of money. Yeah. <laughs> that makes a lot of sense. <laughs> it's not, that's like, <laughs> it's, uh, we I, don't always talk about it, but it, yeah, it's a big deal. No, I mean, if someone like right now will, will be applying to a PhD program and ask me, you know, like, should I choose for money? I would say, yes, choose where the money is. And, and I, oh, obviously be aware that it's a safe space for, you know, safe mm -hmm. space for you. But like money as a, as like my fellow PhD people here know is like this scholarship is not even that great, but it can be like the better choice. Mm -hmm. or the best choice for some of us yeah mm -hmm. particularly as international students too okay yeah. and well I saw you nodding yeah go ahead yeah sorry <laughs> I, was, I was like I definitely concur with that I'm an international student as well so um funding was a big thing um and personally I was personally really drawn to the work that my supervisor was doing um Dr. Amrita Danier at UTM um so she worked in a lot of like global south communities and she's a person of color as well um so um it was it was uh interesting I guess having that and she's been a great supervisor for me so it's been interesting kind of having someone that I feel I can relate to in that aspect and that was um important for me just know, having a supervisor that has worked in an area of the global south because I don't think you see that very much in the department um, at least from my own personal experiences um, but yes the funding is um, definitely not something to shy away from it was really um, important for me I did my master's in the states um, so it was a very difficult I think uh, getting I think you know, even though maybe uh, UFT could be doing better, I think that it's still they still try to at least highlight um, funding opportunities for international students more than other universities I saw in the states, for example, um, personally. So, and I've always loved Toronto. I'd only been once before, but I was like, I like Toronto, so why not? <laughs> Canada <laughs> seems like a little bit more. Um, calm compared to where I was. I was in living in DC during the Trump era too. So yeah, it was interesting. To say the least, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Priscilla, you want to go next? Yeah, uh, yeah I can go. Uh, that's, that was another interesting question uh, coming here like three years ago. Mm -hmm. um, so I chose U of T uh, because after a thorough research I did, I realized that the university is one of the world's best university and the Department of Geography and Planning is among the top, like the 10 programs uh, in the world. And so I realized that the, pro the planning program presents like several courses looking at the, the website, I could see 
several courses being offered in the program. And so I realized that that gives students like the flexibility and more opportunities to choose from these courses and to explore a lot of like courses and skills. And so I realized that again, yeah, these skills that you acquire from the courses will help you prepare for the job market. And so I, I, I chose U of T because of that. And I think I chose uh, U of T again because of the multicultural nature of the city, as uh, Bola said, like it's very diverse. You, you're able to mingle and then you're able to relate with a lot of people within the city. And so that was another factor I considered, yeah. Mm -hmm. To see Toronto's drawing people in, <laughs> yeah. you know. You see a lot of black people, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like Jane, you know, we have a lot of classmates from BC. Shout out to them. <laughs> and a lot of them, or quite a few of them, the draw was the city itself and that energy that just pulls people here. <laughs> so on that note, Jane, do you wanna do you wanna say why you came here? Yeah, for sure. Alexandra, when you sent us these questions, I read that one and I was like, good question. Asking <laughs> myself that every day. But Basically at the time, or even now, I chose UT because of their capacity to support, of the school's capacity to support like diverse research interests, um, specifically in a professional program, like planning of it. I'm sure you're all aware is a professional master's degree. So it's like the their ability to support my research interests, which aren't like the mainstream planning interests um, is what drew me to the school. Additionally, I am from Toronto originally, and at the time, I was really into like the importance of like just because of like the settler colonial context we are in, in like planning's colonial history. I was like, okay, I want to learn about this in a place where I'm from, where I have connections, where I understand the community. However, I'm now questioning that more and more because I just I don't know if that holds true and I don't know if that's important because I've like had some conversations with some other great planners and they've been like you can learn so much about a place from going there and like being in the community and working on the ground and talking to people and now I'm really like oh <laughs> I'm learning so much from talking to others so yeah and then also like like what Bola and Roxana said also the money U of T did like offer me a scholarship that other schools do not. So, mm -hmm. you know, go where the money is. I have very similar answers, but overall, like for U of T, I chose it because of the reputation, I would say. Um, and just like the resources and support that have been offered, not, not just in terms of funding, um, but also in terms of like, oh, I can go out into the fields. That was like a very important piece for me. Mm -hmm. um, and then the other part that I wanted to talk about was as has already been said also, was diversity and opportunity in Toronto itself. Like I grew up in a small white town. So coming to Toronto for my undergrad was like very overwhelming at first because I had never seen like so many people from so many different backgrounds. So it was a bit of a culture shock, but in the best way, because I'm, I'm still here and I, I really like it. Um, so yeah, but just what we were talking about before in terms of that maybe the, like the faculty itself isn't that diverse. To me, yeah, that was an important point that I had never really thought about until we just started talking about it today. So now I'm going to be paying more close attention to that. Mm -hmm. You said you came from a like a small white town. <laughs> yes. Which one was it? <laughs> it's Coburg, Ontario. It's about an hour yeah. outside of Toronto. Yeah, Coburg. Coburg. 
Brianna, I think that you're friends with my friend. Yeah. <laughs> it's funny when I saw your name, I was like, oh my gosh, friend of a friend. I know. April texted me and she was like, you're going to steal my friend. And I was like, yes, I am. Yes, I am. Funny. Small world, though. That's the truth. Yeah, you have so many different, I mean, we're all from literally different parts of the world and like Coburg from Toronto, from Ghana to Nigeria to Peru, all in one all in one room but um all in one school but we only found each other now so better late than never is all I'm going to say <laughs> and so my next question for you all is you already did give some I think key advice for people to think about already when they're picking universities yeah whether it is finances because that's an important part of actually being able to come here but the other part is like the diversity of of uh the flexibility I would say in terms of what you can pursue like Jane you mentioned so can you all share a piece of advice for those pursuing geography and planning especially for those who may feel like they don't belong in this field no one belongs to this field I mean like just to begin with you know like when talking about space or thinking about space or planning itself uh I think what I I was very scared when I started this PhD because I have absolutely no background in geography. And then I realized that 70% of my cohort also doesn't, they don't have a background in geography. So I was like, oh, so we're doing this from scratch. Um, so I think for me, the advice, it will be like, make sure that, you know, like, not only theories about space, but like a space itself as a, as a, is an important part of your puzzle. Like, does it help you to do whatever the thing that you want to do and to do and to think the things that you want to think? Because if it is, um, it's worth the trouble of like learning a new discipline from scratch, because that was basically what I had to do like when I, like enter the PhD and I have absolutely no idea about, you know, like the important geographers or et cetera. Me and other people from my cohort, we have to learn, right? Like and we have to read a lot and basically learn something completely new. Uh, and that, that's not easy. And it's not easy if you are doing that in your second language or your third language, it's even difficult then. And as you said, like as an international student too, like without a community close to you, without your family close to you, like doing all of these things on your own, like it's a lot. So just make sure that not this is the right path because I don't know if there's a right path or not, but this is something that it will, you know, like enhance whatever it is that you want to do and you have to do. And just like, just coming back a little bit to the, the last question that you asked, I also chose U of T because uh, if you come with a family member or if you come with your family, <clears throat> there's like many accommodations that you can have here because we have a good union. So like even living in the family housing, like your partner will have, you know, like a working permit, like without any other requirements about to be your partner, which is great. Like in the States, you cannot get that. Uh, and like your kids will probably will have, you know, like access to many things here that 
like Toronto is a very good city for that. And U of T particularly because of the union that we have, uh, we have all of these accommodations that are great, very great. So like, I think I chose because of, of course the money, which was very important. Of course, the reputation of U of T because I already knew, you know, like where it was heading, uh, but also because of like, we have not that much of money for our scholarship, but the benefits that we can have through the union and through the university actually kind of fit. Like even though like we're very poor, but like we're very poor here together in this family housing building, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> and, and we do have access to many things. So that, that was very important for me too. Well, I guess I would say don't be afraid to look into geography and planning based on not having a geography or planning background, because um, like Roxana said, a lot of people, a lot of us don't have um, backgrounds in what we are here to do. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I think, like we mentioned, there are lots of opportunities um, with classes and different courses and things that you can take, that you can kind of mold to your interests within the field. Um, and also to, to encourage, I guess, to reach out to students. Um, I, I've gotten emails from people that, you know, have just wanted advice or, or, or you know, students that are kind of um, looking at different schools and my honest opinions on UFT. And I think that's really helpful coming from a student perspective, because obviously, you know, if you just go on the website, they're going to put their best foot forward. And <laughs> I think it's having a, having a, a, a heart to heart conversation with students um, in the, in the, program that you want to do would be um was useful for me definitely so it would be would be helpful uh, so for my advice for uh student pursuing the geography and planning is that they should stay focused i mean sometimes there are moments you want to give up because of the stress and pressure with the program uh, so you should never give up just stay focused and Sometimes uh, we want to be in our comfort zone, trying to do things we have done over and over, maybe something in the undergrad, but try to do something new, acquire new skills or technical skills. And yeah, also learn, there are a lot of uh, talent and skills that some of our, our peers and our classmates possess. You can learn from them uh, in group, uh, like teamwork or, during group uh, group work and all that, I think there's a lot we can learn from them. Uh, try to learn and go beyond your comfort zone and acquire something new. Yeah, that's what I would say. There's a lot within us as planners and geographers. And Brianna, what are your what is your piece of advice for those listening? <laughs> I was gonna say I've just stopped going after everyone else. Everyone else, you have <laughs> said it so nicely, like much better than I could articulate what I was thinking, but. Um, definitely what you're saying about this, I think you're saying this for the last question, but about creating a space where everyone feels welcome. For me, that was in geography and that was something I didn't really experience in undergrad. So having a place where like, even though I don't have a geography background, I can still feel welcomed and I can still like participate in conversations was super important to me. Um, and also just going off of that sort of for me, it was like a fake it till you make it kind of situation because a lot of the things I was learning the past few months when I was in my courses and people had been studying that for four years. So it, for me, it was just about being confident in myself as a learner. Um, so I definitely recommend not being intimidated by other people and other students because they're learning just like you are and 
they can learn something from you. So that would be my advice. Do you want me to? Yeah, close it off. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, like you guys covered a lot of it. Like off the top of my head, I guess my like best piece of advice would be like, like especially in navigating like the, the department and the professors, like don't be afraid to ask for what you want and what you like think that you deserve and what you need from the department. I've found like advocating for myself to be very important in grad school. Like I need time, I need support, I need funding. I, and like being clear about that has been great for me. And then also I just wanna emphasize what Brianna just said, like not being intimidated by others. Like obviously it's so much easier to say that than it is to feel <laughs> that, but like, I've really struggled with that, like being in spaces where I'm like, oh, everyone knows so much more than me. But like just remembering that like we're all learning from each other, like especially as like Black people in the department where we're bringing experiences and thoughts that like others aren't privy to. So it's like my opinion's valid, my thoughts are valid. And I just bring in that mantra with me through this degree. Yeah, that's a really good point. I think asking for help is always the toughest one, especially when you're like in the school. And like you said, you feel like other people are ahead of you and you're like, oh, if I ask for help, then what does that say about me? But just to echo a lot of the different pieces of what you're saying that, yeah, don't be afraid to reach out, whether it is to other students, whether it is to faculty members, whether it is to, I don't know, professors or other friends <laughs> to say, to, to let them know what you need and see what, what can be done. Because you'd be surprised <laughs> what, what, what people are able to do to, to try and, and, and get you where you need to go. But I also like the other point that um, a few of you have made about not having a background in geography, but then coming into this field and not being afraid of I guess you kind of have to do uh, some of the groundwork before you kind of get to, let's say your ultimate goal of your ultimate, ultimate research interests, but not being afraid to have to do that as well. And so we're kind of nearing our time together, which is sad. <laughs> but my last question for you all was, uh, I think the most fun one, which is like, what's next <laughs> for, for you um, in terms of like, what projects are you working on? I know, Brianna, you said something about field work, Roxana, Peru, <laughs> so many things going on. Like what initiatives are you like a part of that you'd like to share or just like in general, what are you looking forward to? So I'm going for field work in May, from May to December. Uh, the pandemic derailed my field work plans for two years. So I'm very excited that I'm finally able to go and do my thing. My field work focus on the ways in which Afro-Peruvian women uh, have created spaces for them in Lima's music scene. Um, so it's gonna be a fun research, a research focus on going to concerts and to parties and hanging out with musicians. And it sounds like a nightmare sometimes. Uh, so, so I'm excited to be able to finally do that. And actually I wanna bring up uh, something that Jane said. Sometimes it's gonna be difficult to, to remain um, true to yourself and through your research uh, because you know that like you have many perspectives and many different ways in which people are seeing your research, your own ways of creating knowledge production. And I'm very wary and also like very protective 
of myself in the sense of like I consider myself someone who is able to create knowledge uh, but that's been challenged sometimes in the department so like just remembering always remember that if we're here it's because like we have the capacity to do the type of research that we want to do and like protect your research if you have to Sometimes, you know, like you're going to have disagreements with committee members, with supervisors, just like push through that uh, and, you know, like be able to do the research that you really want to do. Because like this is our PhDs, this is our masters, like it's ours, not theirs. And, and I feel that I needed to hear that from the beginning of my grad school uh, studies in general since my master's, right? Because I was new to the country. So I just like fell into, you know, like what it was being advised to me and not necessarily doing the thing that I really, really, really wanted to do. And now, you know, with time and with age, I learned to really, you know, like fought for my, for my own thing, fought for my own ideas. And to a point that it can be sometimes even challenging to the field, to that department, but just like working towards that respectfully. And I always, um, yeah, like being confident with myself. It's easier, easy said than done. It's not easy to get into that point, very difficult. But once again, honoring our, our journey here, that's, that's been very important for me. So. I think that's actually what's next for me to keep going into that path in which like I assert myself that, okay, I'm doing this for a reason. I'm doing this because I wanted to, because I want to. And I feel that my research is important enough to keep going and to keep talking about it and to keep producing knowledge as a person, as a, like, as who I am, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, I think sometimes like that line between who you are as a scholar and who you are in the department can be something like difficult to differentiate. Uh, so it takes a lot of courage to, to do this. Just keep up with the courage. Yeah. It takes a lot of courage, and I'm, but I'm glad that you're sticking through it and pushing through because I think at the end for all of us for all the different things we're exploring it's worth it in the end yeah I just want to survive the rest of my PhD I think uh, it's gonna be <laughs> um yeah COVID has been very difficult I think with um you know graduate studies can be quite isolated and at least at least for the masters uh, we have you know much smaller cohorts especially in the PhD planning so um just gonna be a anyone listening I don't be afraid to reach out to fellow students because most likely they're kind of going through the same difficulties that you're going through and I think um, that's been very helpful for me but anyway sorry back to the question um, I diverge um, but yeah I'm, I'm also uh, going to be doing field work in Nigeria um, like Roxana said the restrictions have been a bit um, frustrating with international travel so I'm glad that is back on so that's kind of the next thing. I'm not, I've not really, um, I think coming from a public health background, I've not had like field research um, like that. I had a very sciencey, you know, background. So this is, a re- this is new for me and I think it will be exciting um, 
to kind of explore that uh, new field of her work and then yeah so just just trying to survive the rest of the program that's what's next for me <laughs> fair enough but Roxana Bola if you need someone just to hold your bags in Peru <laughs> Nigeria it's warm I'm happy to do oh, yes. so take us <laughs> with you <laughs> I'll take you off on that <laughs> anyone else <laughs> I can go next because this is also field work related. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, my field work is in Nunavut in Canada. So this summer I'll be going up in May and August, hopefully, don't want to jinx anything, um, to do some field work for a couple weeks. And then for me, this, this last semester is going to be my last semester doing actual courses. And then I'll transition into more all of my master's stuff. So that's what's next for me, going from like knowledge learner to actually producing knowledge the next big step in my academic career mm-hmm. so I'm both looking forward to it and very intimidated by it but yeah you'll do great I believe in you 100% <laughs> what about you Priscilla so yeah I'm, I'm saying that at present my CIP or which is a current issue paper explores the experiences of professional planners and students in Canada and so here's where I'm doing my research I'm not going anywhere just in Toronto and so I started doing this research uh, for my internship with my tax and black planning project. And I know Alexandra, you know about it. And aside that, I'm a member of the equity committee and I'm leading one of the projects, which is something that is really interesting to me, uh, where we bring in seasoned black professional planners to talk to black graduate students, as we already talked about like the communities and black undergraduate students need to know about the prospect in geography and planning. So it's something that I'm leading to organize a program where we have a panel of Black professional planners to talk to them about the prospects in the program and the role that these communities and undergraduate students can play uh, when they pursue planning. So yeah, I'm looking forward to an interesting program somewhere around uh, April, May. And so we would like to see a lot of positive changes in the program, in the department and in the university as well. That's really exciting. I look forward to attending that when it's available. Yeah, sure. Uh, we would make it available for everybody to attend. And I'm awesome. looking forward to that. It would be great. <laughs> and last but not least, Jane. What's next for me? Another, another good question. <laughs> um, I am hoping to iron out the details of my research and get to work on my CIP, which is like the planner's equivalent of a thesis. Um, I'm also hoping to do a lot more volunteering in the summer when I have a bit more time and getting a lot more involved in like community organizations where I live. Um, I am also hoping like I'm a for those of you who don't know I'm, I'm the QP steward one of the three for our department so if you work for the department and have any grievances email me but I'm hoping to uh, continue my work there and get like a lot more involved in events and organization within our department for QP, which I'm excited about. But yeah, that's it for me. What about you, Alexandra? Oh no, <laughs> I, wasn't, I wasn't expecting that. <laughs> I, literally... I was actually okay. going to ask it. <laughs> no, that's a good one. I think, I think that's Sorry. fair. After hounding you all for an hour, <laughs> I should have seen it coming. Um, what's next for me? Honestly, 
what's next for me is first of all getting through this episode <laughs> getting it up and running and available so everyone can hear your stories but yeah similarly to Bola just trying to make it one day at a time through the rest of our degree um, and looking forward to the summer where we can start um, internships and volunteering like you said Jane um, just talking with more people like yourself about the exciting work that you're doing in your respective fields and how you're changing cities and communities because it's all very inspiring stuff and I'd love for more and more people to hear about it so yeah that's it thank you Jane <laughs> I'm looking forward to seeing how all of us evolve in our respective careers, because what we all have in common is studying at U of T. So good luck to my lovely guests and to the next generation of urban planners and geographers. For those who want to learn more about the work that some of the Black students in the department are up to, then stay tuned for upcoming episodes with some of today's guests, where we'll dive deeper into the work that they do. To find out how you can get in contact with Roxana, Brianna, Jane, Bola, or Priscilla, please visit urbanlimitrophe.com or follow along on social media at urbanlimitrophe. If you're a student interested in studying in the field, you can take advantage of the department's QT BIPOC and International Student Admissions Peer Support Pilot Program, where you can meet one-on-one -on -one with current PhD and master students like me to ask questions about what it's like in the geography and or planning programs. For more urban planning advice and resources, listen to the previous episode with Abigail Moria, or better yet, check out her initiative, The Black Planning Project, to hear stories from Black planners and planning students from around the world and their experiences navigating the field. And finally, I want to give a big thank you to GAPS for their support in coordinating this initiative. And an extra special shout out to Sammy Ferwati, Lauren Foote, and Sarah McKinnon for helping bring the celebration to life. Thanks for listening to this episode. Don't forget to subscribe and follow the podcast on social media to stay up to date and stay tuned for new conversations coming your way. Until next time.